back right away. The crowd explodes, but Freddie takes the lead. Oh, baby. the dirt late on a dream for the seventh time in his Hall of Fame career. The people's devil, and he's upside down in a big way. In the 47th World 100, Jonathan Davenport. Take me on country roads, Josh Richards wins. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. time to be alive we had arguably the best speed weeks we have had in a decade the majority of the racing world can turn they can sniff it they can sniff the dirt late model season just around the corner as is spring hopefully although it's snowing outside today in illinois turn i'm not really feeling it and scott bloomquist not only has a twitter account but he is absolutely crushing it on social media right now like i said what a time to be alive. Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live is back for the start of the 2018 regular season. Now, granted, we did a few shows in January and February, but those were more Arizona and Speed Week's pop-ins. But now it's time we get this year rolling. It is March. At least the idea. Turn, do you have the idea of spring bouncing around in your head a little bit? I Just mean, the idea of it. The hope. The, the hope. hope. Yes. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing. And believe it or not, this is the third season of late model live two years ago this week we started this show turn i blame you i mean i mean thank you is what i meant to say i I I mean mean, thank you if you want to blame me that's fine that uh (laughs) you know that 6 a.m drive home from uh, charlotte you know kept us busy for the last three years one of the best things that's ever happened to dirt on dirt.com turn thank you very much for the idea do you feel like i owe myself to give myself at least a small pat on the back i said leading into speed weeks that I had a really good feeling about Georgia and Florida. I was excited about that trip south as I'd ever been, and it did not disappoint. In the last decade, we haven't had that many passes for the lead, that many different winners, and that overall racing has not been as good as it was down there this year in the last 10 years, as it always is in February. The reason I'm making this point is I feel the exact same way about the season coming up is I did about speed weeks going in. I really think we're going to look back at 2018 and say that was a season to remember. And I think it all started out in Arizona and even to a bigger extent 
in Speed Weeks. We have so much to get to in the next hour. We had a few events since Speed Weeks was over, namely this past weekend, Cherokee with March Madness, Clarksville, and North Georgia. I'll give you some of my thoughts on those. And, and one of those things, oh, boy, oh, turn. One of the things I hear so often is, Rigsby, you cover Scott Bloomquist too much. But this, this social media thing, I mean, come on, let me look at this. I mean, people, he's starting helicopters in leather jackets with tassels on them. That's an airplane, it is, it's, Thank you. What did I say? Helicopter. Helicopter. <laughs> I'm seeing he's got me flustered. That is an airplane. Thank you, Turd. The fact that Zero is now on social media and laying down updates like he's a college kid, I absolutely friggin' love it. I will flush this out more later, and that'll be the topic of our Twitter question tonight as well. We've got a heavy social media theme tonight. Tammy Gundaker's going to join us a little bit to talk about social media and racetracks and Bloomquist, and Turn's got a Twitter theme, Turn's Turn tonight, which I absolutely love. Uh, Turn, look how hip we are. I know. We're hip and we're cool, and this is what the kids do, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're a kid. You tell me. I, I feel like you're older than I am in some sense. I mean, I'm definitely an old man. Yeah, that is fact. Let's not <laughs> sleep on the fact that we've got a really sneaky big race coming up this weekend as well. Smoky Mountain will host their first national, the first national tour race, I should say, since Speed Weeks was over when the National Series comes in, the World of Outlaws are in Merrillville Friday and Saturday, and it is going to be a really good show. Lucas Oil is off. The Outlaws come in with a really tight points chase to start the year because of the way they restructured it. All those first-timers like Rusty Schlank and those guys running the Outlaws, if the weather is strong this weekend, they are going to crush it down in Tennessee. And speaking of that, Dale McDowell will join us later in the night to preview that event as well. It's jam-packed. It's chalked full. Use whatever cliche you want because we are busy in the next hour. Turn, let's get it rolling. Five things. Number one on five things. If I'm going to pat myself on the back when I'm right, i got to stand up and admit when I was wrong. And i got to say, I did not see this coming from the Chris Madden-Barry Wright partnership. Madden continued his strong early season by picking up a win at Cherokee on Sunday, and that's on the heels of four top fours at Volusia and winning that big Gator championship you saw in the open. Madden got the lead early and never looked back Sunday afternoon at Gaffney. And I think you can tell this team has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after things did not work out with Jonathan Davenport last year. Barry and Lance want to prove they are still major players in the late model game. And this field, it was heavy, man. Bloomquist was second. The Boyer cars were there. J.D. Ferguson. Now, listen, I know Madden is good at Cherokee, but I'm telling you, this team is racing with a purpose early in the season. I think we will. You know, we just picked up from where we left off in Florida. Uh, we spent a lot of time at the shop this week, many, many hours, and uh, we brought a whole different race car here this weekend, and, and it really paid off. But, you know, I can't do it without all the family and all the sponsors here that um, sponsor this thing. Uh, Jamie there from uh, Henderson Amusement, Mike Millwood, um, um, Davis Diesel Service, uh, C&H Paving, uh, Penske Shocks, Barrier Out Race Cars, uh, Clements Automotive, Hoosier Dirt Tire South, VP Fuels, uh, each and every one of them play a huge part in my sport. You know where else Madden is good? Big, fast half miles like Smoky Mountain. 44 is going to keep this thing rolling for a while, I think. Number two on five things. 
I always kind of like this first March weekend. It's like dipping your toe into a hot bath. You're easing into the season turn. And the old toilet bowl at Clarksville kicked us off this past weekend. David Siebers gets the biggest win of his career, arguably, Friday night for 2000 when he survived a caution fest. And Saturday, Dennis Herb Jr. is the ruler of toilets turn. <laughs> he won his second straight bowl trophy, leading every lap for 5000 bucks. That 28 car, for whatever reason, dialed in at Clarksville. Down south, the Ultimate Tour had their 2018 lid lifter at North Georgia. Michael Page gets the lead from Corey Hedgecock right there on lap 24 and ends up winning it by just under a second. I talked to a few folks that think Hedgecock would have won that race if not for the yellow. It was just good to bust the rust off and see late models across the country this weekend. Yeah, we uh, we probably went on a little harder right front than most everybody else. It just took a little bit to get going, and uh, I was just trying not to lose too much um, so quick. You know, I don't know. You know, we've been coming here for a long time, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of success here, and uh, just got a pretty good setup for around here. Uh, I know this place pretty well, so, uh, you know, that's it, a big key here tonight, start off early and, uh, you know, qualify good and uh, get that heat race win, and uh, definitely, you know, track position always does help at this place, so... Uh, you know, I just got to thank everybody for coming out and, uh, you know, thank for Mars Series putting this on. And, uh, you know, it was a good night for us. Probably hurt me because the longer I ran, I got in a better rhythm. And then there at the end of 33 car, I thought he was going to pass me. But I just tried to hold on because I ran a little softer tired than what everybody else had. But we made it work. One cool thing on the Ultimate Series, director Kelly Carlton told me they had a record of 12 guys, maybe 13, sign their paperwork to run the entire series. That's easily the most they've ever had to start a year. He's really confident that most of them will follow through. Number three, I don't care what you think about Scott Bloomquist. His entrance into the social media world of Facebook and Twitter has been epic. This is Scott Bloomquist. Follow me at Bloomquist underscore zero. And if you've been hanging out tonight, you noticed I've got to been out there grooming tires, dug a couple of graves outside. Dug a couple of graves outside. <laughs> Let's dive into this. Not only did Scott Bloomquist ever have a social media account before this week, he barely had a website. In a matter of five or six days, he has over 8,000 Twitter followers. That's more than me, turn, in a week. The reason for the Hall of Famer was pretty impressive. The Dirt Million event at Mansfield in August guarantees four starting spots to the drivers that earn the most points through a series of social media shares and support from their fans. So Scott said, why the hell not? If he's going to do it, this is as good a time as any and good as reason. And I think the random fan said it best on Facebook. I don't remember who said it, but it's like getting a look into the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Found some old fire suits that were going to auction off sometime in the future and might even play a song here in a minute. Now nah, you'll have to pay for that. What do you think? Ready for another ride? I mean, come on, turn. The guitar strumming. I know there's people thinking, is this really? Do you need to cover this? Don't act like you're not fascinated watching this guy fly planes and play guitars. And I'm told he's legit going to start singing soon. How is he not a lock to be in the top four of the Dirt Million voting? Speaking of number four, it's been a pretty steady buzzsaw on social media for the Dirt Million this week, and it's no surprise why. As it stands right now, and I think people forget this, if that race were to happen today, it would have the second highest paying purse in the history of dirt late model racing. As of today, about 143000 to win and just shy of 3000 to start. 
I'm not going to get into every nuance of how the DirtMillion.com website works, but when fans go there to buy their tickets, their merchandise, their camping, they can choose a driver to assign that dollar value to, and each dollar is one point. Combine those points with guys getting points for sharing on social media, and you get why it seems like, don't you think, Turn every driver in the country is on Facebook and Twitter right yeah. now nonstop. Then, of course, the top four point getters get a guaranteed starting spot in the August feature. Top four right now, Bobby Pierce, Scott Bloomquist, Jonathan Davenport, and the surprise, Max Blair. Kudos to him. It is going to be a pretty steady stream the next five months on social media. Finally, number five, let me offer my thoughts on Speed Weeks, my final thoughts statistically. I want to illustrate just how good the racing was this year through the numbers. We saw four winners start from 10th or beyond, like Brandon Shepard right here, who started last in this event at East Bay in the 14 races that were run. We had 10 lead changes in the first three races. The next closest over that span in the last 10 years was six lead changes. There were zero lead changes in 2014 in the first three races. Average starting position for the winner, 8.5 during the 14 nights, over double what it was a year ago. In that 2014 year, we talked about the average starting position, 1.89. If you look at the trends, something is happening in our sport the past few years that is making the racing better. Overall, get this, 39 total lead changes during the 14 nights. There was only 17 last year and 16 the year before. On a per-race basis, easily the most lead changes in a decade. Those are racing quality stats. How about some other ones? More general stats. Scott Bloomquist, 12 years in a row he's won at Speed Weeks. Next longest active streak is four. That's unreal. Dale McDowell's win at Volusia snapped a 6,943-day winless streak at the Daytona Area Oval. There's Dale right there. All the way back in 1999, the last time Dale won. And finally, in the last 10 Speed Weeks, Josh Richards leads the way, averaging 42,000 $153 per speed weeks, the most of any driver in that span. That turn was five things. Of course, thank you to Andy Savory. Everybody knew. I can't take credit for this stuff. Everybody (laughs) knew Andy Savory and Todd Turner for all their assistance on those stats. Racing as good as it's ever been. I do not want to hear that argument from everybody. We can talk about safety. We can talk about this. Racing quality is as good as it has ever been in our sport, and I think those numbers bear that out we have talked a lot about social media on this show and obviously on the heels of scott getting into it and all the dirt million stuff it's on the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now so i thought why not dive into that more you hear people talk about it all the time in late model racing about facebook and twitter especially on the promoter side of things you hear some promoters that love it and you hear some promoters that hate it so i wanted to flush that out a little more since we're talking about it social media and its impact on dirt late model racing. It's what we're paying attention to tonight. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is one of the longest-running friends of the Dirt on Dirt program, as I like to say, co-promoter and owner of Tri-City Speedway near St. Louis, and my favorite Gundaker by a mile, Tammy Gundaker. Tam, let's get into this. Is it fair to say, Tammy, that as a promoter, you have a love-hate relationship with social media, and explain why that is. Well, first, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. But, uh, yeah, definitely. it's a, You know, for us, it's the best and worst tool you have in marketing today. You know, it's, it's great, you know, in one aspect that you can reach amount of, you know, fans in such a short period of time where before, you know, it would take us, you know, from print and different aspects to, to reach these fans, you know, and the, and the other – is you know on the, I guess on the 
maybe what Michael the negative side of it a little bit is, is right. You know, you're not. It can hurt you. You know, there's <laughs> different aspects of it that can that can really affect your race that I never even anticipated till a couple of things happened with us. But uh, yeah, it's a great tool in some aspects and boy, it can really affect you in others. So yeah. So the good of social media is that you can get information out to your fans and your drivers quickly. The bad is to me, it's that negativity or the misinformation that can spread like wildfire. So put us in your shoes, Tam, you and KG and everybody down there. Give us an example of each. One time where you thought, you know what, social media is really great for Tri-City. And what was another time you thought, you know what, social media is not so great for Tri-City. Well, probably one of the coolest was is when you've got that unexpected driver that yes. might, you know, special event. And they, they come early and, and unannounced. And I'm telling you, Michael, it's crazy. As soon as they pull in. People just get on there, and the word just spreads, and our phone goes crazy, and text messages, now they're really there, and, and then people <laughs> be like, take a picture, <laughs> you know, and I'm going, are you serious, you know, but yeah, and on, on that, it's incredible, you know, but then on the other side, you know, or maybe you got a, a special promotion you're leading up to, and it's pretty cool, because you can actually, you know, we do it, I do it a lot, you know, I I call out to some of the drivers and say, hey, I need some help. Do you mind? And it's incredible that they are so quick to get on there and say, hey, I'm attending this event or I'm doing this and that. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. But, boy, on the other side, you know, we've, Kevin and I have been on the other side where, you know, you might have an incident that happens at your track that, you know, you gasp. And, and then the first thing I do, and, and I've done this, I've, I've looked up thinking, oh, my God, I hope, Maybe this isn't on Facebook Live, or, or maybe, yeah, and somebody has gotten on there already, and, you know, maybe somebody, there's a bad crash, or maybe something happens, and people get on there, and immediately, again, like our phone starts ringing, and, hey, what's going on? What happened? And, and I'm like, my God, how'd this get out so quick? And it sets you back a little bit, so on that that side of it, that's, that's a little... That sucks. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know you're a promoter, and, and you're a promoter, Tam, and you have been, and your family's been in this the, for a long, long time. So this is there's some new phenomena about social media that you never had to deal with, even from when it started. How do you feel about a fan? And this is a different, like I said, a different aspect. Taking their phone out and going live from the racetrack, videoing some of these fans, I see two, three, four hours, and. You know, to be completely fair, I'm in the video business, so I have a different perspective on it, too. But I want your honest opinion. I've never asked you about this. How do you feel about those Facebook livers, those periscopes, two to three hours? What is your opinion on that? You know, at first, when it was new and it was you're, you're thinking as a promoter, wow, it's pretty cool. I'm probably getting some neat coverage or maybe that one person gets on there that's not there. And you're like, wow, they're, you know, they're, they're watching. But then you realize that when it really hits you that people – they're not attending, you know, like I, I one time got a call one time and, and they actually said, Hey, are you going to Facebook live? I was going to go, I was going to let's just say a card game. Okay. Right. Hey, I'm going to go to a card game. No pun intended there, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, Hey, if you're going to Facebook live, but I'm going to go ahead and go to that event. And it really, it, it, you know, we need these fans in our stands to make these events happen. But I definitely, have had Kevin and I can see the impact in and you'll look up there in the stands and you'll see everybody Facebook and live like you said periscoping and then you realize wow or you'll see people post afterwards and they'll say they'll get on there and go hey are you going to Facebook live because if you are hey I'm not coming 
and you'll be like, man, this is really hitting our bottom line here. And you've got to have these fans in the stands, you know, to support these events and make them continue. And I agree. And I think we can all, we all agree a little pit walk or a two minute thing of, Hey, the Scott Bloomquist is unloading. That's fine. It's the two to three. You would agree. It's the three to four hour, every race thing that you, that you don't like. Right. Exactly. Well, me as a promoter, I've done it. Like you just said, that little clip, that little, you know, Facebook live will jaunt you just do real quick to say, hey, yeah, somebody's unloading. Or you might, like, my favorite is to do, like, the start of the dash when they're coming off the four. So I've got hit a few times with two things that have backed (laughs) up. But, yeah, it's that just that little, but, yeah, the two, three, four hours, it definitely impacts promoters i i don't care who you are it definitely hits you Move, you definitely see the difference moving yeah. forward as an industry tam what's one thing you'd like to see us do as an industry and i mean all of us fans promoters tracks what's one thing that we're not doing enough of now or at all on social media you'd like to see us get better at michael i'm telling you it's, it's the number one thing you know we're sitting it, it's working together yeah. that's the biggest thing that kevin and i've seen over our 13 years is you know, we're very fortunate here in the Midwest to be sitting with five or six of us racetracks right here together. And it, it's great that we've been able to work some of our events out together. But I think that's hurt the sport more than anything is that, you know, we've got to work better together as promoters, drivers, even fans. You know, the positivity has got to stay in this sport. That's, this negativity is it's horrible. I mean, it really is. I mean, I've had some times where I've uh, I've even reached out to, you know, private message a fan or a driver. And when I saw something they posted and, and I said, I don't think you really realize what an impact that has on other fans or drivers or maybe that driver in particular where we just don't need it. There's so many tracks that are closing down and we need to keep these open. Kevin, we never want to see a venue close. It hurts right. the industry straight across the board. But I think that's the biggest thing that we've got to start getting a lot better at you know, working together, helping each other. It's a perfect transition to my last question, Tam, and I'm going to leave you with this. My issue with social media as a whole, not just as it relates to racing, because that's only one part of it, but in general in society now is that, and they will do case studies on this 100 years from now, I know that they will, is that people on social media say things they would not say to someone's face. They can say it behind the keyboard. They can say it on their phone. They're willing to say just vile things to someone because they don't have to face them. And I see it in racing every day, Tam. Doesn't this all come down to, and excuse my language for the kids that are listening, this is a rule my dad used to tell me, don't be an asshole. That was a simple rule that my dad used to tell me. Am I right about that? That kind of goes to your positivity thing. Just don't be mean. That would be big, wouldn't it? It would, and I and I got to tell you, quick, I just did this. Um, there's a particular racetrack that is so underwater right now. Yeah. I mean, and and I posted on there, and I don't normally do that, but I, you know, I I posted as another promoter and, and said people don't realize that that racetrack is like your home. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's like your baby, and you you want to keep it the best. You know, it's got to look the best. It's, how much work it is for that promoter and that staff to get that thing up and going. And, and people had got on there and, and I'm not saying bashed it, Michael, but it, it was, it was hurtful. I was thinking, God, this promoter's got to be going, man. I, and I posted, Hey, why not call that promoter and go, Hey, what can I do? Right. What, how can right. I help? Right. I mean, that to me, and I posted that. And then after I did, I thought, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I felt good about it because but, yeah, you're right, I, and I hate to say it, too, but I've gotten on there, and I was like, wow, do you really got to be like that? Right. Is, is it, 
that's not the way to be. We don't need that stuff. Just you know, go so. to the source, yeah. whether it's Dirt on Dirt or Tri-City or Tammy or Kevin. Just call them. Trust, yeah. trust me, Tammy Gundaker will pick the phone up and talk to you. Trust me. So <laughs> out there. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I've had so many people call Kevin and I because our, our cell phones were the first thing we put out there. And I tell people, hey, I'm there 24-7. Mike, I have my phone will ring at one in the morning. Maybe that guy at work's second shift. Right. And and I'm you know I'll pick it up or if I'm up you know or, or he'll text me and I'll text him back. And I can't believe how many people have called us and said you know you know they feel really good about being able to pick the phone up and just ask questions. But yeah, I've called people out and I'll be truthful. I've called them up and said, hey, I'm I'm right here. Just you know or hey, I'm at the track. Come see me on Thursday if you got something wrong. Well, but you, you, we need we need that. We one really thing do. we never have to worry about is Tammy Gundaker uh, being straightforward <laughs> with someone. I, I know, <laughs> I know that. You did a great. Yeah, t- but it has its, hey, it's got its good and bad. Uh, just like social media. Just like social media. She's a promoter at Tri-City Speedway, one of my favorite Gundakers. My my favorite Gundaker turn, let's be honest. It's not Kev. Or, uh, we like the other ones, but Tam's the favorite. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. You knocked it out of the park. I thought your answers were fantastic. Tell Kev and Gordy and Trev and everybody we said hello, and thanks for coming on tonight. I will. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Tam. Turn, she's right. If you know Tammy Gundaker long enough, you ask her a question, the honest, she will shoot you straight right in the eye. Let's keep this social media theme going. We posed this question on Twitter on Monday because I wanted a day or two to flush it out a little bit. Social media, overall good or overall bad for Dirt Late Model Racing? Send us your answers now. Hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. Good or bad overall? Social media, I want to know. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We're back after this. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something, they get it right out. And uh, I just, my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is, you know, the best in the business and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such, you know, good relationships with Maria and them there and, and the products, you know, the best in the business and that's why we run them. Dependability is the key with Andy's stuff. His stuff, you know, when we get it, we have to do very little to it. You know, I think the results speak for themselves with Andy's engines. Brand new Andy Durham power plant under the hood of the best performance number one. Josh Richards wins the Lucas Oil Late Monitor Series Championship, Dirt Track World Championship in the same night. Here comes Shepard! The champ is here! Brandon Shepard wins tonight in Charlotte.
social media, good or bad for late model racing as a whole? That is the question we asked headed into the break and has been on Twitter for a day now. Net negative or net positive? I want to know what our fans said. And so would you say this is the most responded to Twitter question arguably ever? It's, it's up there, It's got to be up there. Let's see what the folks had to say. Good or bad, Nick Cobb at RiverDuck80. I like that. It is awesome. Just this week, we got to see Bloomer fly an airplane in a black leather jacket with tassels hanging off of it. I think we all agree. Social media good yeah. in that instance. Turn, keep them coming. Jeff Crawford says... Good when the right people use it, bad when you get track bashing, series bashing, and just plain old ignorance. And hang that one up there for a second. I think that's, we all agree, would be the negative. It's the track bashing, the series bashing, the drivers bashing, the good and bad. This is the bad stuff. What else we got? We got Jed Emmert. When it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's horrendously bad. Fair. I think that's fair, and I think that sums up social media as a whole, particularly as it pertains to dirt late model racing. When it goes bad in our sport, take a rain out, for instance. People, it rained. They can't race. I see people, like, literally threaten people's children's in Facebook threads over a rain out. Turn, we got a couple more. Yeah. Scott McBride, it's a necessary evil of our sport. That's sort of what Tammy Gundaker said. I would completely agree with that. And, of course, John Steffen can be a good thing if people think about what they say. So, rarely. It's too easy to get on Twitter and bitch. Nothing gets done. I honestly think that's it, right, Turn? Yeah. I honestly think those people, that cross-section of five or six responses that we just had right there, pretty much summed up dirt late model racing and social. Am I right about that, Turn? Yeah. Basically, good when it's good, bad when it's bad. It literally summed it up right there, I feel like. Yeah, I would agree with that. It just... uh it's 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 just, I, I'm telling you, 100 years from now, there will be case studies written about social media's impact on human beings. And uh, you and I will be long gone. Well, I might still be alive. Wow. They're going to freeze my wow. for, I told Amber to freeze my head like Ted Williams. You know what I mean? There you I go. <laughs> A reminder that our JRI Shocks Top 25 poll, we returned this week for the first time since Speed Weeks is over. Hasn't been a ton of racing, so there's not a lot of shakeup, obviously. But nonetheless, let's take a look. JRI Shocks Top 25 is jd still number one with nine first place votes and yes he is very little movement inside the top five bloomquist and madden i believe uh make a little bit of a swap there overton marler mcdowell mccready and clanton chris madden off to a hot start 11 through 20 a few guys moving and shaking here uh dennis herb jr moves up three spots of course kyle bronson uh crate win this weekend turn he's uh very 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 capable of that, and it does that a lot. Dennis Herb Jr., like I said, wins the toilet bowl. Earl Pearson Jr., just on the fact that other guys won some races, falls down. Bobby Pierce, same way. And we have a newcomer in the top 25. Georgia's a Michael Page after getting a win at North Georgia. Jumps all the way up to number... How about, how about Billy Moyer? Hang this up here for a second. Billy Moyer, we get more hate about Billy Moyer being ranked inside the top 25. I will be honest, he is not currently in my top 25. He's not raced this year, has no prospects of racing do you think that says something about how good that guy is, though, that people still think he's the 25th best driver in the country? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about him a little later, yes, though. Yes, <laughs> we will. I love, I love what we've got on Billy later. You know, Todd Turner posed a question in Fast Talk this week. What March event are we most looking forward to, us panelists? And, of course, there were some typical answers, the Illini 100, the Indiana Icebreaker, but there was a gross oversight, in my humble opinion, that should have gotten more attention because this weekend at Smoky Mountain Speedway, it is about to be 
really freaking good. The annual Tennessee tip-off for the first time ever sanctioned by the World of Outlaws is Friday and Saturday at Smoky Mountain Speedway. Two complete shows this year, 10,000 to win each night. And make no mistake, this field is about to be really good. Obviously, it's an Outlaws race, so those guys are going to be there. A ton of Lucas guys are going to be there, too. Bloomquist, Owens, Pierce, Davenport. For an early season event, it's going to be as good as it gets. You want a race to check out this weekend? Drive there. Hell, fly there. Go there. Take Bloomer's plane turn there you go. and fly there. Another guy who's going to be there is someone who is one of the favorites to win at least once this weekend, in my opinion. Chickamauga, Georgia's Dale McDowell, who is parked now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline and is on this show for the first time in nearly two years, which I'm embarrassed about. It's ridiculous that the dean of late model racing has gone this long. Dale, first question's a pretty simple one. I say Smoky Mountain Speedway. You say what? Well, fast and exciting. <laughs> that simple, huh? Those answers are that simple. That place is fast. Uh, you know, I mean, with everything that's changed, the engines have gotten better. And, and uh, so when you put that length to straightaway with with the traction and the engines and the whole program's getting better, that place will get your attention in the spring races for sure when it when it maintains some traction and stuff. So it is uh, definitely one of the faster places we go. A lot of us who grew up in the Midwest don't have an appreciation for Smoky Mountain that we probably should. This is a place that hosted NASCAR races in the late 60s and early 70s. One of those races, I always hear the story, Richard Petty and David Pearson ran side-by-side side the entire race, at least as the story goes. It has a special place in the history of short track racing. For someone like you who kind of grew up in the southeast, kind of that area a little bit, this is a place that means something, especially to southeastern folks, doesn't it? Well, it, it really does. I mean, there's a lot. there were a lot of unique racetracks with, um, you know, Smoky Mountain being just big and, and um, you know, straightaway-wise. That, that what makes it so exciting is, it, you know, it's got long straightaways and kind of tight corners, so that makes for some... Uh, excitement at the end of those straightaways but uh you know we had so many racetracks in the area that were uh, completely different with bulls gap atomic you know just everything in, in those areas and then you come a little further south with uh cleveland and and um you know some of the north georgia and boys big way and some of that stuff happening you know with those racetrack configurations a little different uh so we had a, a pretty good mix of, of different ones but smoky mountain uh, it's always carried a, a long history, uh, a, a lot of heritage, you know, as, as uh, that, that place is supported and provided over the years. So it's uh, neat to go there, and it's neat to see those old racetracks still there. This field this weekend is no joke. You're looking at 40 cars. 35 of them are probably capable of winning a feature at any racetrack across America. You're a guy that can appreciate. You can step out of the uh, the driver role and be a fan for a second. If you were a fan, you know who's coming this weekend. This is a damn good field. You, you got to be strapped in this weekend, don't you, Dale? <laughs> you do. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's unique this time of the year. Um, you know, when one of the other of the the traveling series is off, and you get all those guys together. Um, you know, it's a sense of what goes on, what we just experienced at Speed Weeks. Right. Um, you know, you, you put them all in a, in a in a bunch, and you've got a, man, the competition level is, is unbelievable, you know. And, and I guess if the competition level was a little weaker, you might see 50 or 60 cars there. <laughs> but with, with, a, with a level of competition, you know, it's, it, uh, it narrows the guys down, you know, that, that come. And, um, you know, the guys that maybe feel like that uh, they don't have any business there, they're there watching a good event, you know. So, uh, And I have been on that side of the fence, too. So uh, we just hope we can be part of it. 
What do you expect? You know, obviously Smoky Mountain's fast, and you said that, but, you know, early spring, it's been wet for a while. What do you expect track-wise this weekend? Well, the, I mean, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of things that go into to play, weather being the biggest thing. Um, that is a big racetrack. So uh, David Bryant and, and those guys up there do, a, do an awesome job of prepping it. Um, you know, but the time changes Saturday. So therefore, if we get, if we get started pretty early, um, you know, it, it's going to, I think the, the track conditions are going to be a little faster than, than normal, you know, as, as we see a lot, uh, early, early spring, you know, so, um, uh, usually, like I said, that place is one of those places that, that you come in drawn up after qualifying because <laughs> you can leave, you can, you can leave just a little bit out there and it's a lot you know, on the stopwatch. And uh, so you got to get everything you can get, uh, you know, and, and in the heat races it's the same way. You know, it's always exciting at that place. When you start, it's a good ways down to the to the corner. And uh, so you make, make things happen there, and it gets a little exciting there. But, uh, uh, you know, and then it kind of goes through a phase where it's so fast that most of the passing happens early until the track slicks off, right. um, you know, and, and uh, so it is, like I said, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a place of speed. One of my favorite memories of Speed Weeks this year, and it will stick with me for a long time, your first race this year during Speed Weeks was Ocala, and by all accounts, let's just be honest, Dale, it did not go well at Ocala. <laughs> your, bro- your brother Shane told me, and I'll vividly remember talking to Shane, and I just walked up to him and I said, well, what do you think? He goes, well, that was as bad as it gets, for his exact words. But then you go to Volusia, you win one, you get four top tens at Volusia. That was a pretty quick turnaround during Speed Weeks. How did that happen so fast, do you think? Well, we missed the show in Volusia too. Um, just I mean, one, it, though. Crazy. Just one. Just yeah, just one. just one. Uh, um, I think just coming out of the box, going to Ocala. Um, you know, we haven't practiced all year. Those guys have been racing for a week and a half or something down there. Um, you know, so I think it just. Uh, uh, I mean, our speeds. Once we were in the heat race, our speeds was as well as good as the leader. But I was buried in the back. You know, and and. Um, so our qualifying program, you know, as as we went to uh, Belusia, you know, I, I tell everybody we did have a good speed week, but we did cover both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> we covered not making the races and winning the race, you know. So, um, but I think you know once you get up to speed, and that just goes. I mean, man, it just, it's just so tough that when you're off the least a little bit, uh, you know, with a level competition out there, and I don't think the race fans realize. Um, when, when you pay attention to these qualifying times in today's world, in today's late model world, man, these things are separated by, by just a few hundredths of a second in the top 10, you know? And, uh, so, you know, if, if somebody gets their, everybody's phone's got stopwatches on. So now to get a, a little bit of, of a realistic feeling, you know, just push the button as fast as you can, you know, and, and you can't, you can't get within seven, eight hundredths of a second, yeah. you know, by doing that. So, you know, like at, at uh, Volusia, as big as that racetrack is, and, and to look at those qualifying times as close as they were. So, you know, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, and, and it really, uh, that's that's the tough part, you know. So the night we missed the show at Volusia, um, I pushed off a of turn four, coming to the white flag, messed both qualifying laps up, you know, basically 
when you're when you're coming to the white flag and and uh yeah shane so told me about that. shane told me about that too he, <laughs> shane, shane i vividly remember that too shane goes well you screw up on the white flag because you're gonna miss both laps he actually told me that too so i, I knew it when i come in but man it's a hell of a lot easier when you're standing up there watching it, <laughs> it is when you strap in. but uh but i knew what i did wrong you know and and uh, you just try to try to make it a little bit better and but but michael is so is so close to stepping over the edge you know and and uh so i think with like i said the level of competition everybody's equipment all the engine builders are doing their homework um a lot of these guys are testing you know and and then the drivers are or there's as good a group of of drivers as i can remember you know and and so uh it just makes it tough so you have to uh you have to just get everything going your way and and uh you know, and then just really study it, and and hope things hope things go well for you the night you know the night of the event. And uh, but it doesn't mean anything. You can have a great night and go the next night, and it just not be as good for you. This last couple things, Dale. This relationship you guys have with Scott Bloomquist now, not only with you driving his cars, but I don't know. You know, Shane and Sarah are a little bit more involved with with Scott and kind of helping him with Bloomquist race cars a little bit. Fill in the blank for the late model world. Where is that Bloomquist McDowell family relationship in three years and five years and ten years, whatever it is? Just kind of, what, how do you foresee that? Well, I, I really, I really don't know. When we first, um, when we first talked about doing this um you know both of our questions to each other was where are we going to be in 10 years right you know and and i've i've had an invo- i've had a uh involvement with boyd speedway and you know and i still do the um the schools and the track rental stuff out there but I, i'm not involved in the events because it's really impossible for me to continue racing and being involved you know on the weekly events um so you know i i think he's probably you know looking more so down the road, um, you know, and placing everything. And Shane does an awesome job, you know, at, at uh, just organization. You know, I mean, he's he's been he did it for me. You know, and um, I mean, he went to work for me right out of high school. You know, I was out on the job working, and and um, and he would work at the shop. You know, after after school, so he's taken and honed all those skills to, to what he did. You know, for Austin and Ty Dillon, Team Dillon Racing. Um, you know, and, and just put a little bit of organization in that. And man, he, there's, he's great at that, you know, and, and, um, and with Sarah right there with him, you know, it just, it's a, it's a great team. So, you know, I think down the road, um, you know, who knows it, it's, uh, uh, you know, what, what Scott's going to be, you know, where he's going to be down the road. How, he says he thinks he can race another 12. I've heard him say 12, 15 years <laughs> or something like that, but, but um, but I know it, it, it's getting tougher and tougher, you know, and, and uh, so, I mean, we'll just have to see, you know, but uh, but it is, it, it, we're gaining, uh, it's a place, it's a piece of the puzzle, I think, that's going together to kind of strengthen, you know, my, maybe what we could put together for down the road, but, uh, you know, I think that's yet to be determined. Last question. Cody Summer may have gotten Scott Bloomquist to sign up for Facebook and Twitter, but I feel like Sarah McDowell is helping keep this thing going. <laughs> have you seen any of Scott's social media stuff, Dale? And is Sarah getting paid as a producer, a director, is what I'd like to know. Both those questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I actually have seen it. Um, uh, Sarah, Sarah actually sent me a text the other night, and she said, have you seen any of this? And and I said no, and and uh, so she said she started it, you know, and and uh, now he's he's a hundred and ten percent in, which Scott's going to be a hundred percent, ten percent in, and and you know his 
definitely his past and his thinking thought process is, is a little different, uh, you know, as all of us, but, but he's going to get out there and do some things different. So, uh, it should be entertaining, um, you know, and, and as it is, as we've already seen and, uh, you know, so it, it's, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's wonderful for the sport. And as a guy who uh, traffics in social media and video, I mean, it's it's fantastic for somebody like me. So the two-day the two day World of Outlaws sanctioned Tennessee tip-off is this weekend at Smoky Mountain Speedway. Watch Dale McDowell and, honestly, one of the best fields of the year so far in dirt late model racing. Battle it out. Dale, as always, man, you're a tremendous interview. Uh, you're always so cordial to us. I really appreciate that. We will see you Friday night. Good luck at Smoky Mountain, okay? Thank you guys for what you do. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Thanks, Dale. I appreciate that. Turn, we've changed the running order of Late Model Live slightly. And sw- turn, get this, Turn. I think this was the right way to go, in my humble opinion. Turn and Suave will now share a segment on the other <laughs> side of the break. How do you feel about that being blocked in with Suave? Hey, man. I mean, we've been together on this bet and stuff. I, I, mean, ha- I think it's where we need to be. I have four words for you guys. Dirt on dirt. Tattoo. Oh, boy. Right, Turn? Oh dirt boy. on Dirt Tattoo. Turns, turn, swabs, lock of the week after the break. Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Are you infected? Do you have the symptoms? It's called spring fever, and it's highly contagious. If you need a cure for spring fever, you'll find it at the 5th Annual MLRA Spring Nationals. Presented by RacingJunk.com. Two full nights of high-octane, late-model action at the Heartland's finest racing facility. Want more? There's great food, cold drinks, and midway attractions for all ages. It happens April 13th and 14th, and it's only at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. For tickets and info, visit LucasOilSpeedway.com. Lucas Oil Speedway, the fastest in family fun. Josh Richards in a backup car comes in the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it going to be at the line? Oh, no! I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. And Brandon Shepard, your new leader. Checkered flag awaits. Here comes men, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia.
this might have gone unnoticed over the weekend, but it shouldn't have. The first ever Louisiana Late Model Racing Series event took place at Chatham Speedway, the old Super B in Louisiana. Kate Dillard won it for 2000 bucks. Remember, Dillard was leading a race in Arizona. We got caught up in a wreck. He turned some heads out west. He is Todd Turner's breakout star for the year. So in my opinion, that tells you all you need to know. Turner, I had a woman reach out to me, and you were in deep trouble. You were in deep trouble, Turner. Uh-oh. Your ice cream segment pre-speed weeks on Turns Turn, a woman literally emailed me and told me her husband came home 10 pounds heavier than when he left for speed weeks, and you're in the crosshairs, my friend. I mean, I cannot take responsibility for people's ice cream consumption. You are causing marital strife. You are causing... What if these people get divorced because he's put on a few pounds and because you told him to eat ice cream? I mean... I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I got to pay for their you didn't, wait marriage a counseling. And the ultimate thing is, how many ice creams did you have during Speed Week's turn? One. Well, okay, I thought you had zero. No, I so, had one. So I had one. To me, that was the ultimate irony is that you're telling this guy to go eat all the ice cream, and then you don't <laughs> eat any like an asshole, and you no. end up getting this guy divorced. No, I actually had one. All right. Let's see if we can avoid divorce in this week's turn's turn. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Ba, 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 you keep going, buddy. Ba, keep, ba, 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 ba. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I'm actually pretty excited about this one because this one, I, I kind of laughed. So we're sticking with the Twitter theme, right? Heavy social media Heavy content social media. on this show, yes. So, uh, you know, we decided to look at the different uh, Dirt Late Model drivers that don't have a Twitter account, to my knowledge, at least. No, they, these guys do not. Of course, Bloomer does now. Yeah, so, you so know, we, couldn't, that, we yes. couldn't use him. But uh, we came up with some tweets, and I can't stress enough, these are fake. They are not real tweets. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm being told these are fake tweets yes, now? Yes, these are fake tweets. So this is, if, if these people were to tweet, maybe they'd say something like right. this, is what you're saying. Right. Oh, if okay. these people actually ran a Twitter account, okay. they might say some things like that. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, we had to talk about our friend Kevin Weaver. And uh, Subway sandwiches are the best. Uh, so much better than Jimmy John's. Obviously, the irony there, you know, that he lost the Jimmy John's Jimmy sponsorship. Jimmy John's no longer sponsors Weaver. Yeah. He's a Subway guy now. Yes. Okay, he's, he's a, a Subway, Subway guy. guy. I, I got it. I got so, it. So, you know, here's another one. Chubb Frank. <laughs> now, to be fair on this one, Chubb Frank, I just, I, let's just let you're such a dumbass hang on the screen. Yeah. Chubb Frank calls everyone a dumbass. If you don't know that, he has a sticker that's the dumbass award he puts on people's cars. So, turn, take it away. Yes. So, I, I actually did multiple tweets for uh, Mr. Chubb Frank. Learn to drive, dumbass. <laughs> Went into turn one, and he just ran over me. What a dumbass. <laughs> and then this is probably my personal oh, favorite. God. Going too hard in hot laps, spun out in turn three, I'm a dumbass. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> Self-deprecating tweet. I'm a dumbass. That, that deserves the Dumbass of the Year Award show. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yes. So uh, here's another one uh, from our good friend Shannon Babb, <laughs> which I, I went with the Twitter handle Farmer Babb. Oh, God. Had to skip the at Summer Nationals race today to take care of some business on the farm, <laughs> and he's feeding a lion because obviously we know Shannon Bab has about every animal imaginable. I on love his, the on idea. Is that now? Is that Emily's hand or is that Bab's hand yeah, feeding I through mean, the fence? It could there. go either way. Fake tweets, people, but I could see him happening actually. Okay. And uh, saving the best for last here, Billy Moyer. 
<laughs> By the way, Twitter handle, at I have six, six globes. globes. Yes. Scott Bloomquist may have Twitter, but he still doesn't have six globes. Oh, that, with six, with, globe, with emojis. six globe emojis. Oh, it. my goodness. That, yes. that was a fun segment. Turn and I were I, talking I about that, that today. What they would say. Is there any way I can see Chubb Frank's last tweet again? Yes, I, just yes, I can sure make that next, happen. The next time I see him, I want to say, going on <laughs> I'm a dumbass. Oh. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Turn, that is really good work. It's been a social media show, and I love that one. I mentioned it earlier. In the coming months, we're going to experiment with a few things during Late Model Live and switch some stuff up. Our core items, five things, five to go, pay attention. That's all going to stay intact. But I'm going to shuffle some other stuff around. I'm going to introduce some new segments as we get into the season and breathe a little bit different kind of uh, air into the show every week. And that starts this week. You know, it just made a lot of sense to put Turn and Derek's segments together in the same block. They are linked forever, of course. Not only are they my trusty sidekicks, <laughs> but uh, your tr- trusty sidekicks. Yeah. Uh, but they they had this bet regarding Suave's lock of the week, and it just made them it made more sense to put them together. And when this is over, get ready for my idea on the bet this year. But let's first take a look at Suave's lock of the week. Suave's lock of the week. Turn. If the season ended today, you would be wearing the dress huh, or whatever else we were wagering. Checker flag awaits. Here comes Madden, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia. This weekend, I'm taking my talents to Smoky Mountain Speedway for the two-day World of Outlaws shows. And this one was too easy. I'm going with my boy Chris. Smokey Madden to win at mountain it's quite simple he's fast at the monster half mile not to mention he gave me the most locks one season ago book it right now baby madden wins at least once at smoky mountain this weekend and that's suave's lock of the week smoky mountain <laughs> smoky madden that was funny that was actually your idea it so was actually can't my take idea. all the credit for it but it was well done i appreciate it suave Two and two right now before we bounce to our final commercial break. Okay, so here's my idea. Last year, Derek lost the bet. He was not 500 on the year. He had to wear a dress at Gateway, which he looked pretty good in turn, to be quite yeah, honest. I mean, he's got some pipes. He's got show. the tries. Yes, yeah, Swab <laughs> looked good. We don't want to do it again. We need to set the bet now. My idea this year is the loser gets a dirt-on-dirt dirt tattoo. Uh-huh. Turn, you cannot tell me this is not the best idea I've ever had. No, in fact, I can tell you it's a horrible idea. <laughs> Why? I mean, just imagine live at the dome. We don't do it out in the dirt. Up in a suite. <laughs> Will you be getting a dirt on dirt tattoo, like right on the shoulder or somewhere? Me? You and Swab. Well, well, you know, or Swab, it's more than likely Suave. So. Yeah, I mean. Or buttocks. A dirt on dirt buttocks tattoo. I mean, but the reveal, if it's a buttocks tattoo, we don't want that. I mean, we're the internet, man. We can show whatever the <laughs> hell we want. So are you anti-tattoo? I'd have to think really hard about it. Okay. America, at Dirt on Dirt, let us know. Tattoo or no, let us know on Twitter, at Dirt on Dirt. Turn and swath bet, the lock of the week bet. Tattoo, yes or no? Turn, it's easily going to (laughs) win. We're going to head to our final commercial break. We will be back. I'm a dumbass after this.
Flash wins the feature. Trusted by champions. Bloomquist wins the dirt late monitoring. Stronger, lighter, and safer drive shafts than steel and aluminum. Extremely durable for worry-free performance. Proven in countless major events and crown jewel wins. Made in-house for late models, crates, and modifieds right here in the USA. Drive shafts, rod ends, ball joints, and shocks. QA1 does it all, and they do it well. Visit QA1.net. Welcome back to Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. In the spirit of keeping this social media conversation going, don't forget we're still, we still have, that is, two Late Model guys left in the champion spark plugs search for a champion. Gordy Gundaker and Virginia's Logan Roberson, a crate driver from out east. Remember, the winner of this gets $50,000. Go to SFAC, or search for a champion, SFAC.championautoparts.com to vote now. Gordy and Logan, Logie, uh, both with a shot. Good luck to both of those guys. We've been heavy on the stats in this show so far, and I wanted to highlight the greatness of Todd Turner and Andy Savory again once more before we finish the show up. This is last week's quick time. This is covering speed weeks droughts like I talked about with McDowell in the beginning of the show. Look at this data. I'm not even as concerned about the numbers as I am the amount of research that goes into this stuff. It's just stuff you cannot get anywhere else. It details the longest speed weeks winners droughts ever from Davey Johnson on down to Joey Izzo who broke his in 2002. Just amazingly cool stuff. Every week on the website, Quick Time delivers. Kevin Kovacs' Inside Dirt Late Model Racing column delivers. Don't just watch the videos. Click all over this website because you are going to get information like that that you cannot get anywhere else. Let's finish this show up with five to go. Number five, March is a busy time in the southeast, and that really kicks off this weekend, the ninth annual MODOK 100, 5,000 to win for crates. You can expect to see guys like Travis Pennington, Anna Parkhurst, Matt Long, my guy, and that bunch. And I've got a note on Travis Pennington later in the show, which means i got to pick him now because he did me a huge favor during Speed Weeks. Travis Pennington gets a big early season win in the crates. Number four, Carolina Clash has their first race of the year on Saturday night at what I'd call their home series track, Carolina Speedway. 5,000 to win the first of four series races this year in Gastonia. Much like the rest of the country, it has rained a lot down there, so keep an eye on track conditions. Zach Mitchell won the Clash Championship last year and won a series race at Carolina. I think he comes right out of the gates and does the exact same thing this year number three more 5,000 to win races on tap this one at dixie speedway technically this one's five thousand fifty three dollars to win and 500 to start don't forget that for the second for the season starting that is southeastern classic a lot of people don't know this about this event but it's basically been going for 40 years has its roots all the way back to 1978 no reason to think michael page does not stay hot he goes to Dixie and he wins, which will be his third victory of the year already if he does. The guy that won the biggest race of his career at Dixie last October with the Lucas Series does it in a bonus race this weekend. Number two, Tennessee going to be busy this weekend, not only with Smoky Mountain running, but Duck River is having a 3,000-to-win unsanctioned race. It's Winterfest. It was rained out a few weeks ago back 
on the schedule now. This one's a little tough to predict with so many guys scattering what would have been to Florence this weekend, but with that postponed now, they may pick up a few more and Smoky Mountain. But I have a feeling Tanner English is in the house. I know he's going to be there, in fact, and rides a pretty good last year and a half to a Ducktona win on Saturday night. Number one, these races are creeping a little farther north. Turn spring is getting closer. This one, a 3,000 to win comp cams race at Springfield Raceway in Missouri. And how about this? The first time ever comp cams is raced at Springfield. I know what you're thinking. Rigsby, you got to pick Terry Phillips. He's in his backyard, but he's going to be in a USMTS mod in Mississippi this weekend. So he's out. Tony Jackson Jr. is in TJR competes in his first late model event of the year and wins at Springfield. I'm going to keep clapping turn this weekend. Turn, we got a lot coming up this weekend, a little bit less with the Florence rain out, but uh, tell us about our on-demand coverage. Vanna? 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 (laughs) We have, I mean, at least four races. I mean, you never know. So World of Outlaws, Smoky Mountain, ComCams at Springfield, which we talked about. Carolina Clash at Carolina Speedway and Southern Nationals Bonus Series at Dixie. The Southeastern Classic, which will be good. Good luck to Mitchell Jenkins shooting that race for us this weekend. A couple of pay-per-views coming up. Turn, what about Va- Vanna? What about those? <laughs> LaSalle. Thal Brawl, March 30th, 31st. Um, you know, this is always a fun event to go to. And uh, MLRA sanctioned this year yes. for the first time ever, too. And I already know a lot of big guys, not just MLRA guys, that are coming to this race. Five and 15,000 to win at Tony Izzo's LaSalle. Get your pay-per-view for that. Vanna? <laughs> Next, Macon and uh, oh, Lucas Oil Series invades Macon on April 28th. So a little ways away still, uh, but we'll definitely be covering that head to toe as we always do. That's one of my favorite events of the year. Macon is just such a cool joint. And uh, hopefully for the first time in three years, we get that event in in April. We yes. have been running it the Tuesday before the Parade Dirt Classic every year. It would be nice to actually get that race in on its scheduled date. I have the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section, first one. Post-Speed Week's turn, he's not dead, Kovac, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so we all know about Scott Bloomquist, right, in, in the social media stuff. But, but long before that, before I was going to do that in this segment, Scott had a hell of a Speed Week's when it comes to photos. Let's take a look at the first one, the infamous now convertible I mean, photo. I mean, he should have an eagle on his shoulder yes. with, like, the American flag, like, bleeding over the car. Bloomer in the convertible during Volusia became iconic instantly. But, okay. He runs Volusia shortly after. Look at this. He's with Daytona 500 winner Austin <laughs> Dillon. The night of the race, Austin's still wearing his driver's suit, for God's sakes. And guess what? We're not done. The Monday after Daytona, sky he goes diving. skydiving with Shane and Sarah McDowell and his crew chief, Cody. Are you kidding me with Bloomer's photo montage during Speed Weeks? I mean, Bloomer's setting the world on fire right now. I mean, had I known he was going to do that, you know, th- those became secondary to him starting social media. I mean, that was, that was a hell of a sequence he had. Um <laughs> One thank you I've got to give, and I'm a little bummed out. We had a piece of video that I wanted to roll on this. And just during the course of Speed Weeks, we ended up lost in the shuffle, drivers and cameras and everything going everywhere. And I'm bummed out I don't have this piece of video. But our van broke down on the first night of Speed Weeks turn, the very first night of Speed Weeks at Golden Isles. Very, a brand-new van, too. Something uh, with the thing. We thought it was the starter. We thought it was the battery. We didn't know what it was. Here's me and Tim Truex and, and everybody else under the hood of this van Willie Milliken and his beautiful wife, Crystal, Travis Pennington and his beautiful wife, Leanne, they are pitted, or not pitted, they're camping in the pits watching Gold Miles. They see us, and they know me. I know computers. I do not know cars. I do not know how to fix cars. Willie and Crystal, Travis and Leanne, they come over to us, and for an hour, 
help us work on this van. And Willie ended up, I mean, I'm telling you, Willie was throwing grease and wrenches and everything else. Willie ends up, and Travis too, really, but Willie gets this van fixed, and we are able to go on down the road, and the van has worked flawlessly since then. So a huge thank you to Willie and Crystal Milliken, to Travis and Leanne Pennington, who Travis, by the way, good luck at MODOK, make me look good, win this weekend. I seriously cannot say thank you enough to those guys. Our group of ragtag people was not going to fix this van turn, and that is... To me, that's what late model racing is all about. It's these four people. Four, they didn't watch the B-Mains because they were helping us get things fixed that night. Um, and I just really appreciate it. Turn, you know that I needed that, right? Because it was not yeah. going to get fixed with me. Yeah, we know computers, cameras, all that stuff. Uh, cars, not I not know enough thing. about cars to, truth, to screw things up. So, again, guys, <laughs> I cannot tell you thank you enough. Uh, don't forget that Dirt on Dirt Care package is coming when we get some new swag. I promised it to you, and you get it. Uh, I wanted to dispel a quick 4M rumor. Uh, Bob Pierce turns still working for Dunn Benson. I confirmed that with the driver, uh, Bobby Pierce, today. I double-checked. Apparently, the driver's name is Bobby Pierce, and he confirmed that his father, I'm told, Bob, is still working at Dunn-Benson. These rumors, Taryn. Imagine that. 4M with rumors. Uh, Spring 50 is postponed to March 31st, supposed to be this weekend. It will be just too wet and too cold for Josh and Jen and everybody at Florence. It will be March 31st. Big weekend on tap coverage-wise. It's early in the year, but we ain't easing in at all. Highlights from everywhere we mentioned, reaction, and so much more. It's a busy time coming up. I'll also mention... We've got some very cool pay-per-view announcements in the near future. It's something that a lot of fans have wanted for a long time. They're going to get this year as it pertains to at least uh, one thing, Turn. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. I know. I'm excited for these announcements. I am excited as well. How's that for a teaser, though? Did I do it right? I like it. You'll find out what that is later this month and into early April. We are right back here next week as the regular season of Dirt on Dirt begins for Turn. For Derek Kessinger, Todd Turner, Andy Savory, everybody at Dirt on Dirt, we will see you right back here next week.